and welcome to this Halloween episode of What's Past This Podcast. I'm Stephen. I'm James. I'm Damien. And I'm Robert. And on today's episode, we are going to be discussing and reviewing Netflix's new trilogy, Fear Street. And also, we uh, have a short horror audio play uh, that we'll play at the end of this episode. And if that's your thing and you're watching on YouTube, why not like, comment, and as Damien said last year, spook scribe. <laughs> and if you're listening to us on any other platform, please hit that follow button. Well, happy Halloween, everyone. I think this comes out on the 30th of October, so the day before Halloween. Yep. 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 So... So if you're listening to if you're listening to us on uh, on the day before Halloween, can you just wait one more day? <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you're listening to this before Halloween, turn it off right now and come back to us later. Um, if you're listening to this on the first of November, guess you missed the boat, pal. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's so mean. We've been mean to our audience. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to know where James lives, then uh, a card will flash up now and it'll tell you exactly where you live, so you can go and have a word. And if you're have not whatever you want to do. And if you're not listening to us on YouTube, then we'll put it in the description. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, um busy ha- we're having a slightly busy Halloween this year. We've got um we've got this, uh, obviously. We've this. got um a selection of short stories that are coming out on, I believe, the 29th. Um, and also we've got a, a monthly short story video, which will be Halloween-themed, coming out on the 31st. So a three-day-in-a-row release schedule for this month. Isn't that exciting? Yes. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Hopefully there'll be something there for everybody to enjoy. Yeah, unless you don't like Halloween. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> who, who does not like Halloween? Halloween's the one time of year you can actually enjoy yourself in costumes and not look weird. Says the actor. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just enjoy yourself uh, in your normal wear without people looking at you like you're a weirdo. Oh, Stephen, you're scaring me! <laughs> I was meaning you, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Halloween's on a Sunday this year, so we'll also uh, be having panto rehearsal on uh, Halloween as well, I believe. Ah, so uh, nothing nothing says Halloween like a good pantomime. Yeah. <laughs> well, you say that, but um, we had so we're recording this on a Tuesday. Two days ago, we had rehearsal, and uh, we had a bit of a uh, a ghostly incident in rehearsal, didn't we? On Sunday, we did. We it did. was a bit of a strange uh, incident. Yeah. What happened? I wasn't there. So. Well, it all started uh, before you guys arrived at the Geldra uh, Centre. Oh, did I? Yeah, I decided. I decided to arrive there early to uh, try and get the uh, song in my head because James's music is very hard to get in your head. Completely hard, but not <laughs> earworms at all. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I could hear some banging, so I tried to find where this banging is. Couldn't hear it. So I decided to go outside for my little bit of fresh air, as I like to call it. And then I could hear the banging again. And no one was in the building. And I set the, so I set a TV stand up so we can play some music through it for the, um, for the rehearsal. And it ended up, um, stuff kept on flying off it. 
for no reason at all. Like, if I put a remote on it, it just comes flying off. And it's not like it's slanted, it's completely flat. So there's no reason for it. So that's that's my experience before you guys came along. So what's your experience, James? Oh, yeah. Um, well, actually, first of all, I was going to ask what kind of banging was it? Was it like a hammer or what was the sound? Was it a hammer? Was it a thump? Was it a bang? Was it a... <laughs> no, um, no, just like knocking almost, but really hard. On a door sort of thing? Yeah, okay. like more like pounding, actually. So many different <laughs> words for knocking here. <laughs> Damien, good yeah. question. It, it wasn't other kids stomping about on the roof, was it? Oh, no, I'd, I'd made sure of that. I, okay. I, I, uh, whilst on my fresh air break, I came outside yeah. and no one was on the roof. Oh, you had to walk around. Okay. And I went back in. Mm. I could hear it again. Mm. And also uh, a few weeks before that, um, we had a story from the... she the deputy manager? Uh, I assistant think manager. so. I think so, yeah. Hi, Bethan. Yeah, hello, Bethan. <laughs> She's not listening. <laughs> Make sure you click uh, that subscribe button, Bethan. Yeah. You no, know you want to. You don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the, the theatre's um, deputy manager who was locking up after the rehearsal uh, for us. And um, she uh, was telling a story about how, I guess it was last year when the theatre was closed. Um, yeah, I think the, so. They had there were some ghostly goings on um, mm. that happened to I- individually her and um, Ian the the technician on different days completely independently of each other and they both discussed experiencing the same thing which was that they heard this kind of disembodied singing coming from from outside and then or, and also inside when they were in there on their own and they couldn't find the source of it at all. Uh, and apparently it caused some um, smashed light bulbs because uh, Ian was carrying some light bulbs in there and um, <laughs> he heard this singing. He thought someone was in there with him. Uh, and he, she said that he, he'd heard the, suddenly heard the voice like right up close to his ear and dropped them everywhere. Is that right? I think it went something like that, yes. Yeah. Apparently it all started when they uh, moved the um, sort of shelving thing in the reception area uh, out a bit so they could just clean behind it and sort it out. But once they'd pushed it back in again, a, while, uh, a few days later, or whatever it was, it just completely stopped and there was nothing since then. Yeah, and uh, there was a, a, like an electrical explosion, wasn't there, or something when when they moved the thing and there was some, there was some issue with the... Oh, yes, yes, they were checking the, the wiring. Yeah, there was a light yeah. thing on the shelving, wasn't there? Yeah, yes. Unless I'm very much mistaken, I think we have talked about uh, one of Bethan's ghost stories on the previous, on last year's episode of uh, Halloween podcast. Yeah, we did. There were lots of lots of them, but the one that happened on Sunday during the rehearsal was that we were running through a scene, and um, uh, there was, I think, they were running through the song. Actually, there were two, uh, three people on stage. There was Damien was on stage. There was another cast member was on stage, and a third who was sat at the back waiting to come on on chair. Um, and when we got to the end of the song, she said, "Did someone like was someone on stage then? Like, did someone bump into my chair?" And we're like, uh, "No." And the only other uh, person that was around was Steve, and we said, "Oh, was Steve was was Steve on to come on, he come on stage?" Because that's what she thought. She thought uh, that Steve no. would come on stage. He was out of the room. Uh, I think he went to the toilet or something. Um, no, I went to go and put my can in the bin. My empty can. Actually. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, you were out of the room, and um, and uh, she went. 
Oh, well, if it wasn't Steve, then, like, because someone, like, pushed my chair. And, um, well, there was no one around. Uh, the other two were, like, at the front of the stage doing the song. So that was a bit, that was a bit weird. And she also said she smelt cigarette smoke as well. Yeah. There was no one smoking apart from Damien smoking his vape outside earlier. But... And that smells nothing like cigarettes. Yep. No. So that was all a bit, all a bit weird, wasn't it? Hmm. Oh, we'll be in there on Halloween. I wonder what will happen. Ooh, that'll be fun. Ooh, <laughs> this yeah. is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> yeah. So, is 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 the place haunted? Oh yeah, yeah, it is haunted. Okay. Well, supposedly there's lots of stories. Yeah. Steve, yeah. didn't you do a thing there at one point with Brian? Was it? Yes, uh, I did. Me and Brian joined in with a ghost hunt that was going on there. God, that's going back many many years now. Well, um, if you want to hear, because I think we talked about that in Halloween one last year. So if you want to um, hear more about some of those ghost stories at the theatre, then go and listen to that episode. We'll put a, a link in the um, what's in it called the, in the cards on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, the YouTube cards. Uh, but I think it's episode four of season one. Uh, if you're listening on any other platform, but yeah. Um. Cool. But yeah, we've done a series of short stories, uh, eight of them. So the four of us have one each, uh, and also the sort of four other uh, members of Hereafter have done uh, have done one each. So there's eight, and um, we're just finishing that at the moment. Well, the uh, the one that I've done, James, I think that's pretty good actually. The one that I've definitely <laughs> recorded with you. I, oh yeah, and I've the definitely... one that's. I've definitely written at this point of recording. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great one, that one. Smashing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, getting back to the topic on hand. Fear Street film trilogy on Netflix. Yes. Insert, st- insert stock duh, 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 here right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I must admit, although we decided to uh, do this like last week, I just hadn't, I didn't find the time to uh, to watch these films. So I'm going to largely sit out of this conversation. I think. Wow. How? Wow. How? How? How can? How? how just how? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think he was just lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my defence, I have contributed a script for this. Um... No, 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 no. There's no excuse, <laughs> James. There's no excuse. They are pretty good. Uh, what? Yeah, they are. What did were? Well, you spoke then, Steve. So, uh, what do you think of? Well, I was going to say, Rob. Um, it was a, a suggestion that you made. Yes. For us to do, and I would say it was a good suggestion because I enjoyed the films. They were good. Oh, good, good. I, I'm glad that you enjoyed them. I did. So, as someone who hasn't seen the films, uh, what's the uh, the sort of premise of them? Can you summarise? Uh, well, it's. I'm just going to read a thing because. Uh, yeah, I think I was going to say. I think you're best for that for saying this, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, I'm just going to read a thing because. Uh, uh, reading the thing. You go ahead better, and read your. You go ahead and read it. your thing. Yes. Julie, <laughs> uh, read the thing. <laughs> so, basically, uh, it's a nasty, effective slasher about a group of teenagers who come into contact with the curse that's been plaguing the town of Shadyside uh, for three centuries. Uh, one that has something to do with an accused witch. 
uh, who was hand in the settlement in the area back in 1666. So, witchy spookiness. Is it set in the UK or in the US? Uh, US, yes. Uh, if you want to know, it says Ohio here, so I'm guessing, I'm guessing there. Uh, yeah, I think it's Ohio, yeah. Okay. Because uh, the YouTube videos I watched, I've explained on the last episode, Dead Meat. Mm. He explains all the backs, uh, all this, all the information behind scenes. Okay. He explains all about it in his videos. Mm-hmm. Very interesting if you need to figure out what, why something's happening on Fear Street, for example. Yeah, yeah. Gives you a better understanding. So, yeah, with these films, there's three of them in total, uh, obviously. We said a trilogy, so it's, uh, that, that comes in threes. Um... It starts off 1994, which is the first film. Then it goes to 1970, what, 78, 79? Ah, I forgot. I I was just watching a recap of it this morning to try and remind myself. Fear Street, 1978. And then the third one, uh, 1666. So it's it's sort of uh, telling the story backwards. You get sort of like the origin of the story in the third film. Um, I thought like, just going by the years, I thought 1666 was first until I actually saw part one on yeah. 94. And I was like, oh, that's a good year. That's, that's yeah, that's a good year to start. I was born then, so it's a very good year. <laughs> so, so I was half listening to you then, so I thought you said you were born in 1666. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, Steve was born in 1666, but no, I, I, no, I, I wasn't. I, mean, I was not. <laughs> no, he was born earlier, I thought. But <laughs> And were the films uh, designed as a trilogy? Um, were they created at the same time, or were they... Was it done like normal kind of thing, where they have sequels kind of thing? All three films were actually filmed uh, back by back. Yeah, back yeah. to back. Oh right, okay. Yeah, they basically and, just yeah. went from one to the other. Like they used the same sets, yeah. but they just changed stuff around. Um, yeah. They filmed like all three films at the same time. That um, was an that 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 was uh, it's done that way because the producer actually asked for it to be. Films mm. back to back. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? Um, it's got some of the same actors in it as well. Or it has. Oh, yeah. The same yeah. yeah. Oh, that, yeah. There's a bit of a reason why to that as well. Yes, there is. Yeah, there is. In the sixteen six six one, um, the same actors are in it, but they're playing like yeah. their ancestors or yeah, whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a slight problem with sixteen sixty six. Okay, and that's uh, only one small, small slight. It was just that the accents kept slipping and oh, was right. a bit annoying. <laughs> that was it. Right. Other than that, it was pretty good. That um, it sounded like some were uh, trying to be English, some were trying to be South African, <laughs> some trying to be Canadian. Was like, What's going on? <laughs> one thing I've got to say at first, though, is the uh, the director. I think it's pronounced Lee Janiak. Um, she's done a great job. I'd say she's done a really great job directing and and being and uh, and directing and being a screenwriter to it. Hmm. I definitely say she's done a great job. But I, another point I want to make is that the composer for the there's a composer for all three movies, 
and for each movie he added a different composer. So each movie had a slight different feel to it in terms of music. And I thought that was a really good idea, a really interesting idea in terms of the music of the series. As a uh, musician, what do you reckon to that idea they've had, James? Yeah, I know you haven't heard the move, the tracks, but... Um, yeah, I think it's like, it's something you should always be conscious of, is like how you keep something fresh and keep mixing things up as a composer so you don't just do the same things all the time. And um, yeah, I, I think it's it can be tricky because sometimes you can sort of like fall into the same patterns without even really realizing it um so any way that you can kind of mix things up and create contrast is a good thing really mm. uh so the the films are based on a series of books yes but i'd say they actually deviate from the books they're just using the ip the intellectual I property see. yeah and the basic idea behind it yeah, and it sounds like a fairly kind of standard horror movie kind of premise anyway. Like mm. it's not. Yeah, it is a a little cynical when, uh, you know, they'll pr- produce a film that's loosely based on something that's kind of just because they want to use a pre-existing IP to generate more uh, interest, kind of thing. Because they did that with um, Blair Witch, one of the Blair Witch sequels, didn't they? Because mm. they um they had a film that was just a standalone film and they decided they'd uh, market it as... They they changed the name and marketed it as a Blair Witch Project sequel, even though it wasn't intended to be that. Ooh, just looking on Wikipedia now, potential future for the um, for the Fear Street franchise. In, yeah. ju- in July 2021, the director has expressed interest in expanding the film series beyond the trilogy of movies. She has stated that uh, she has stated to be interested in adapting a slasher film that takes place during the 1950s and centers around Harry Rooker, the milkman. Cast members similarly expressed interest in returning. Yeah, and I mean the the, the, the third film, uh, spoilers warning, does sort of leave it open for a sequel. If you remember how the ending went, Rob. Uh, I don't exactly know. Ah. But, well, I've got to say that it's a norm- that's normally a trope of most horror series anyway. Yes, of, yes. Um, in fact, most series in general, in leaving it open for potential oh, yeah, yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great Mr. Krabs impression there. Great. Mr. what? Well, I can tell oh, what crap. it was supposed to be. But... <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That just sounds like uh, mis- sounds like Mr. Krabs taking too much Halloween juice. Oh, or or you just had too much Halloween juice? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Recently, I recorded an audiobook uh, called "The Ghosts of Cannock Chase" by Lee Brickley, and um, it's about a load of. Uh, uh, paranormal encounters in this town called Cannock or in and around this town called Cannock Chase in Staffordshire so uh, yeah I had a lot of fun doing that and it was very Halloween-y and uh, we had to get it out before Halloween obviously so that we could sell lots and lots of copies I, I got, something. we 
<laughs> not your book well you know well yeah but i i, I get i get paid for from the you know a share of the sales so what one percent half a percent we shall discover i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. it's probably not Still. one of those things you're supposed to say supposed to say to other people let's say that well i don't know <laughs> i don't know i get well no i get 50 percent of the the royalties but i don't know what the royalties equates to so but anyway so uh yeah check that out if you're interested and uh, please buy it um so i don't freeze to death over the winter thank you very much <laughs> we'll add that into the description on youtube and maybe if we can on description on spotify and all other streaming platforms too thank you very much it's um available on audible uh itunes and one of the other ones <laughs> one of the other Amazon, ones I, think. <laughs> I don't know why it's available on Amazon because Audible's owned by Amazon but for some reason it's available on Amazon and Audible but anyway yeah <laughs> yeah cool well we've uh, we've got a short audio play for you that we've just recorded before we started this episode um, called what's it called you should know. Was it I Innocence Must Fall or something like that? <laughs> no, it's uh, The Innocence of Moss Hill. Oh, that's it. Yeah. I was close. I was close. Oh, coincidentally, um, for, uh, Fear Streets, there's a lot of moss based around the movie. So, uh, yes. So, uh, yeah. moss or pink moss. But this is very relevant. Ah, oh, spooky. Yeah, well, Moss Hill, I do. Just a <laughs> random name I came up with uh, for a town. Oh, random name. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it stars Steve as a ghost. Yep. Damien is a grieving father. Rob is a um, uh, paranormal investigator, and me as a the as the cop for once. Yes. Just to mix it up. So, yeah. Hope you enjoy. Enjoy. Okay, that was that was creepy. Um, <laughs> you. you sound so like a fun. gremlin.
Mr. Catherston, good morning. May I offer my sincerest condolences? Cases like this never get any easier. I can't even begin to imagine how you must be feeling right now. But rest assured, we will catch the person responsible for your daughter's death. Now, of course, we'll need your help in doing this. But you must take as long as you need. There's no pressure at all. We're here to support you in any way we can. How do you know where to find them? Well... Because when I phoned last night, they told me they still had no leads. What happened between then and 7.30 this morning? Mr. Catherston... Because it was you who found them, wasn't it? It was, yes. Can I see her? I don't think that would be wise just yet, Mr. Catherston. We'll notify you once the coroner's made their report. What are you not telling me? Mr. Catherston, you've had a major shock. Now, I appreciate you'll have a million questions, but now's not the time. Is there someone you can go and stay with for a while? Parents, siblings, friends? I'm going to stay with my sister for a while. Good. Now, obviously you have my number if you want to call at any time, and I'll be in touch as soon as I receive any new information. But I would suggest you rest up for a while and take some time to process this. If there's anything I can do... Please just tell me you know who might have done it. I'm afraid I can't at the present moment, but as I say, we will get to the bottom of this in time. But you must have something that led you to the cave. I... I I may have had a tip-off, but I really can't say any more right now. From who? Who told you? Mr Catherston... Do you know who killed my daughter? Uh, Good evening, Mr Creeley. Thank you for agreeing to speak with me. Nathaniel, come in. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I kept it deliberately vague on the phone this morning because I didn't want to scare you off. I've been doing this for long enough now. I'm not easily scared, don't you worry. It's just that this isn't any normal paranormal case, if you see what I mean. None of them are normal. Not even to me. Look, this is... Rather difficult for me to talk about. Uh, no disrespect, but I'm, I'm not usually the kind of person to believe in spirits and the like. Most people who contact me say the exact same thing. It's perfectly normal to go through some form of existential crisis when you have a paranormal experience as a non-believer. But if it's any help, this session is strictly confidential. I'm afraid this is rather more complicated than that. Uh, I presume you've heard about the case of the three missing kids? Yes, uh, of course. They found them up at uh, Coombe's Cave. Well, I tried to get up there this morning to offer my services, but the whole place is cordoned off. Yes, well, I'm the detective leading the investigation. I see. And you want me to see if I can make contact? Uh, No, no, not exactly. Um, You see... And this is strictly off the record, you understand. I had a dream last night, and in this dream, I heard a voice. Hmm. Did you know whose voice it was? Well, that's the thing. He never said, but I just knew. You know how sometimes you just know who someone is meant to be in a dream? Even if they don't say, you just know. Well, it was old Josiah Coombe. Yes, I know. Look, I know the stories, all right? I I grew up here. I know how ridiculous this sounds. (laughs) It's not. It's not. Um, 
I've had several cases of people being visited by the spirit of Josiah Coombe in their sleep. What what did he tell you? Oh, it seemed rather flippant to me. To Scooby-Doo. If you'd seen the look on that poor man's face this afternoon. Of course. Uh, and I don't for a minute believe that the ghost of old man Coombe was responsible for the murders of those three children. But it seemed so real in the dream. I see. So Josiah told you in the dream that he'd killed the kids. Uh, is is that right? Yes, but, but look, I, I was wide awake. I thought about it for a bit. I calmed down. I told myself, no, it's just a silly dream, whatever. But I woke up this morning and it was my day off and it was still nagging at me. What if the kids are up at the cave? So I went for a walk off duty. Didn't tell anyone why. And then... Uh, did you find the hole in the fence? What hole? Well, I hadn't been there for years, and I didn't know the place was closed off, but I thought, sod it, I'm here now. There was no one around, so I jumped it. I wasn't aware there was an existing way through. You follow the fence round to the right of where the gate is. About 200 metres into the trees, there's a hole. I must admit, I've been up there on a number of occasions at night to do some investigations on my own. I know it's illegal, but... Well, I see. So, uh, when you got to the cave, was there anything, besides from the bodies, that might suggest uh, how the killings happened? I'm afraid I can't tell you that. <laughs> of course. My apologies. Um, what I would say is that I wouldn't necessarily rule out paranormal involvement in the murders. Obviously, you can't put a ghost on trial. <laughs> but if uh, Josiah Coombe is responsible for the killings then the case will inevitably go cold sooner or later. But if we know the culprit, then, off the record, uh, we may be able to prevent anything similar happening again. You never know. It, it may bring some strange sense of closure to the families to at least know who killed their children. Even if justice can't be done. Yes. Uh, I had to tell someone, you understand. I had to get it off my chest. If I told anyone at the station, I'd be, I'd be taken off the case and put in therapy. No offence. I told them to stay away. I told them to stay away so they wouldn't stop tormenting me. You know the boy's innocent. His only crime is crying in me. This isn't going away. I'm not going away. You'd send an innocent boy to his fate. You're no better than me. You're no better than me. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You didn't kill those kids. You can't have done. You're a fool. You're a fool. You won't accept a confession from a killer. Prove it. Prove it. Prove to me that I should believe you. The girl, Millie. Millie. She had a graze on her knee for three days before she died. Let the boy go. Let him go. Let me die in our consequences. What do you want? What do you want? Why did you kill them? Why did you kill them? I just want to be left alone. Left alone. Left alone to rot. To rot. I couldn't contain myself. The torment. The noise. The noise. They should have left me in peace. They should have left me in peace. Good afternoon, Mr. Catherston. Has your sister been taking good care of you? Has that bastard admitted it yet? 
His plea will be not guilty, I'm afraid. Hence why you want more information from me. Now, you don't have to answer everything if you're not up to it. And some of the questions may seem a little strange, but please try to remember every detail you can. I promise anything, no matter how small, may help us get a conviction. May. Now, Millie and her friends were playing out on the street the morning they went missing. From about one o'clock onwards. I've already told you this already. You went out to check on her at about one forty, at which point you realised she and her friends had disappeared, and you dialed 999, correct? Yes. Now, do you recall Millie incurring any minor injuries in the days prior to her disappearance at all? Why? Have you found... Uh, No, no, not yet. But please, Mr Catherson, can you remember anything, anything at all? Um... Yes. She grazed her knee a few days before. I see. Do you think that's... Do you have any reason to suspect that the kids were... were That he... No, no, no. But please, don't read too much into any of this, Mr Catherson. This is all just building up a bigger picture. Now, do you recall if Millie had been worried about anything in particular? She not mentioned it to me, but... When they went missing, Jordan's mother, Claire, said that they'd been out exploring while under her watch. They'd apparently been into the woods near her house, which is a mile from the cave. I don't know if they'd been in the cave previously. If they had, then Millie had never mentioned it to me. Claire thought they'd be safe enough in the woods, as not many people go there. There isn't an obvious path, and not many dog walkers go there. It's also a far smaller area than the woods near the cave, and most of it is in shouting distance of the house. It is, however, an alleged hotspot for paranormal activity. And, it is my belief, Your Honour, that it was there that the children came across the accused. It's not true. I never met those kids. I never saw them. I never did anything. I warn you, caution. Don't say I didn't say I didn't. What was I supposed to do, eh? As he said, you can't convict a ghost. You can't convict an innocent man either. It's not as simple as that. It's not about punishment or justice. Not really. It's about people feeling safe in their homes at night. It's about parents letting their kids outside alone from time to time. It's about maintaining order, trust in authority. Sometimes someone has to take the fall. How could you possibly understand? Try to justify it any way you want. You'll always be guilty. You condemned a man to life of servitude. If only you knew what I know, you'd consider yourself guiltier than I. For this crime, I will torment until you confess or die. Greeley? Greeley? You are Benjamin Creeley. You know me. You know me. Josiah Creeley. Is that you? Is that you? It's all true. It's all true. Everything you suspect. Everything you told. Everything you told. I killed you. I killed you. You are innocent. I sense that. I sense that. I'm an innocent firm believer in yourself. What? What should I do? What should I do? Your innocence is known to more than just yourself. Caution goes to those two. He's the criminal. He's the criminal. You're his victim. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, 
I stand before you accused of the murders of Jordan Allington, William Bristow and Millie Catherston. For these crimes I have pleaded not guilty. I have, however, pleaded guilty to perverting the course of justice. I believe, and still believe, that the deaths of those children were caused by supernatural forces beyond our control. I knew that trying to prove this in a court of law would be not only impossible, but also deeply tasteless and offensive. I falsely accused Mr Benjamin Creeley of the murders, as I believed that a conviction in a case as widely publicised as this was imperative. Coward! I would like to apologise to the families of the three victims, and especially to Adrian Catherston, who I repeatedly questioned in order to prove to myself the supernatural nature of the murders. After nearly 20 years in the force, I've seen some horrific sights, even became desensitised to them to an extent. But that morning, when I found those three children up there in that cave, they looked as though they were sleeping. They were covered, all three, by an old blanket, as though they had been lovingly tucked up by their mothers the night before. But when I removed the blanket and saw what I saw, I wanted to believe that no human being could be capable of such a heinous act. noise everybody sadly means we've come to the end of another episode uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to like comment and subscribe and remember this podcast is also available on a number of other streaming platforms why not check us out on itunes and don't forget to check out the links in our description for other channels and websites and that notice a zoinks bye from me oh my God. <laughs> And it's a, it's a see you later, they're hunting me down from me. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me too. Happy Halloween! <laughs> okay, well, I, I can't beat any, any of those outros, um, so just do it normally. Um, <laughs> You're killing the atmosphere. Killing the atmosphere, it doesn't matter. Um... But anyway, two plays out. Um, we're going to play a score from the audio play that we've just done, uh, that you just listened to. Uh, Rob, there's something behind you. Oh! <laughs> Come on, hey. Rob, hurry up, it's behind you! Oh, uh, no. Hey, I've been playing horror games this month, okay? So, yeah, those those have been scary. Um <laughs> But anyway, yes, that's what we're going to end this episode on. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening, watching, and, uh, well, see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Zoinks!